12,000 years ago, after the last ice age, the world's climate stabilized. Plants flourished. Animals flourished. Life flourished. And so did we. Now we risk the whole of humanity. And for what? Next quarter's growth? The economic power of a nation. While we have lifted millions out of poverty, we have done so on the backs of the most vulnerable. We got caught up in our own success. We came to believe more is always better and forgot that we are part of a natural system, not lords over it. By the end of this century, our bill will come due. Temperatures will rise, oceans will acidify, crops will fail, storms will worsen, and millions of us will become refugees. Luckily, there is another path. The future is not set in stone, and we have the opportunity to not only preserve and protect the rich diversity of this planet, but to live in symbiosis with it. In the five years since the Paris Accord, a new economic sector has boomed, creating not only clean and renewable energy, but also jobs that will last far into the future and provide opportunity for many. We have reassessed agriculture, pioneering new methods, as well as recognizing the regenerative value in nature's own. Science has shown us how natural solutions can heal the wounds as well as how breakthrough technologies can guide us on a sustainable path into the future. But we need to do more, and we need to act fast. Sure, we live in a time of great challenge on an unprecedented scale, but if the last year has taught us anything, it's that we can address the most debilitating of crises through focused and collective action. We can meet this challenge. We can restore both our planet and our economies. We need only to dedicate ourselves and put our faith in science once more. For many of the answers we seek are already laid out on the pages of published research, yet we ignore them and opt for the watered-down version tucked away in a 30-second segment of the evening news. But we need to discuss these. They should be at the forefront of every conversation. And at South of Two Degrees, that is our commitment to you. To empower you with knowledge so that you can go out and change the world. Welcome back. This is South of Two Degrees, and I am your host, Brian Barnes. It is so incredibly good to be diving into season two here, and especially because 2021 is looking a lot like a year of hope. Now, last year, this show played in 49 countries and 497 cities around the world. This year, well, we're going to double that. But honestly, what that tells me is that science is finally starting to play a more central role as we work to address anthropogenic climate change. Now, the conversations I've had over the last couple months have been nothing short of inspiring, and there has been so much great research come out while we were off. It's really looking like it's going to be a packed year. Now, that said, we have some changes, and I think you're really going to like them. Okay, so I know at the end of last season, and especially if you've been following us on social media, we promised you some really big news. And I've got to say that one of the pieces that I'm the most excited about is actually the expansion of the South of Two Degrees team. Joining me here today is our brand new lead data scientist, Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the program and tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Okay, so I'm Sarah. Yes, I've got a weird accent and it's not a Kiwi accent. It's a French accent. So sorry about the people listening right now. No, we've actually got a lot of listeners in France, so you're good. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so hello, la France. <laughs> and so, yeah, but hopefully you won't get to hear too much of my my weird accent on on the show because I'll be primarily writing. Okay, so we're going to dive into the writing in a moment because aside from lending your expertise to the team here, the, the place where the listeners will be able to get an understanding of your perspective is actually going to be on the blog, right? Because you're going to be leading that from here on out. But before we dive into that aspect, I want everyone listening to get a feel for who you are. And you've got a really interesting background. Now, you were born in France, you lived in China, and now you're in New Zealand. So how has that experience of being much more of a global citizen than I would say most of us are, how has that shaped your view both in general, but also with regards to climate change? Wow. Um, this is a big one. Uh, so I'll, I'll try and keep it short. We only do small questions here. Oh, my God. Um, so... Thank you for the global citizen thing, because I think there's a big difference between the constant traveler and and somebody who happens to live abroad. Um, so that's the first thing, because when you travel, you're kind of not really anchored somewhere. And it's very hard to understand a culture to really, you know, get to the to the bottom of it. Not that as a foreigner you would ever get to the bottom of a culture, but you get you get some you get you get a feeling of it. So, for example, I thought everybody, ev- like everybody, always had to complain because you know <laughs> that's that's what French people love to do. And then, and then I, I came to to China and I was like, oh my god, you know, we can just. Um, and that was a brand new concept for me when I, I came to China. And then when I came to visit New Zealand just uh, for a short holiday. I did see that all those people were just friendly and nice and um, and really open and curious, but not in the in the wrong sense. Yeah, I've never traveled anywhere where somebody's gone. I really don't like those Kiwis. Yeah, no, they're just they're just great. You know, they just it's kind of like Canadians or Aussies. They just everybody loves them. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, okay, I just I just that I've got the choice. You know, I can choose which mindset I surround myself with. So let, let's, let's be honest, you know, it's n- nowhere is perfect. There's always a drawdown to everything. But that's what I say. I happen to choose my problems. And, and this is really like when you put that to, you know, climate and the cr- climate crisis that we're facing right now, it's really also this, you know, you can actually choose the way you look at the, the way you look at things. You can choose to say, yes, this is something that I want to work on. And I think that's a great thing. And I really want to make sure our listeners caught that. The fact that as a data scientist, you say you choose your own problems is very, very powerful. Because for most of us, it's easy once we actually start processing the great scientific information that's out there. We go, where do I start? So with that in mind, give us a little perspective on what you're going to bring to the blog that's shall we say, a little different than what you might get from the show or elsewhere? Yeah, so what I like to bring is is kind of a complementary 
way of approaching the um, the content from from the podcast from what you're discussing Brian which is very very important which is kind of the basis but then so it's really like once this is out there how do we transform that into our lives and how do we transform that into the way that we perceive the world and the way that we grow personally so it's really about you know using this like doing this connection between the hard facts and actually how we can interact with it from a personal point of view yeah that's probably where i see myself trying to get the readers to to have some more thinking around that so tell me as a data scientist how do you rationalize or make use of the vast amounts of information or maybe what has been your experience with managing that in your career but throughout my career i've i've come to realize that you know data is something but if you don't have the right mindset and the right way of acting on it then data and information and all the science is kind of let's not say useless but it it sits in the corner it can sometimes be quite you can get fearful and so you can get lots of negative reactions if if you're not mindful of of your your own state and where you are so so that's really the angle that I'm trying to bring to to the show that's a really interesting point you make because I think many of us unfortunately make generalizations and one of those is that someone with a background such as yourself is purely focused on the data and yet as we're talking here you mention a part of the climate crisis that I think far too many of us forget and that's the emotional side so talk to me a little bit more about that right now there's such a level of climate anxiety that yeah and that i know that um and i've i went through this too and i'll probably go through this in some in, in phases like there's sometimes it's just overwhelming and that's that's okay um and and it doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong it's just um pushing through this and and keeping ourselves you know on top of that um that's actually the real work Okay, so if that's the real work, how do you connect that back to climate action? So it's really about finding the way that, finding the little anchor point where the person can actually feel, okay, I can act on this and I can measure my impact and I can be proud of that. Wow. I think you need to give up on the data science stuff, Sarah, and go into therapy, (laughs) or at the very least, our listeners, shall we say, soon-to-be readers, are really going to get a treat as they try and process everything around them. Things are going to happen in the climate space, in every space. And, And it's really about saying, you know, this is mainly bad news because it's data about something that's been unfolding for a long time quite a while at least yes so we're gonna so whatever we're doing in the future we're still gonna bear the brunt of whatever we had been doing um so there's there's got to be like once you start and maybe brian you can also enlighten us here because you've probably gone through all of those stages and probably with each of your 
uh, audio podcast, when you research the content, you must also go through a lot of different stages. Like, oh my God, how am I going to turn that in, in a direction that's actually positive while not brushing aside the actually the hard details that will make this under, understandable? So maybe you can share a little bit how like the the, the the feeling process of for your for your podcast <laughs> Sarah I'm not supposed to answer questions here I just talk <laughs> no in all seriousness that's a fair question while you and the audience know the show is really just trying to make the hard science accessible with a few bad jokes sprinkled in I'll own that one there is an emotional part at least behind the scenes for sure And I'll be honest, I couldn't do this if I had to do a show every week like the one we did on Polar Bears last season. That kind of information can overwhelm even the strongest of us. Not that I'm that strong, but you know the first step in addressing any problem is just to admit that there is one. And shows like that one can serve as a wake-up call. Because while the persistence of polar bears might not be your chosen facet of activism, it is very effective in driving the conversation. And honestly, when the majority of people rarely have a conversation about anthropogenic climate change, then something needs to change. So yes, while it can be an emotional roller coaster off-air, I still do what I do every day because one of the core beliefs here at South of Two Degrees is that we need to help make having a conversation about climate change okay. And by providing the facts and the science each week, it makes the conversation more accessible because we know that conversation drives action. And I just want to make that science accessible to help facilitate that. Mm, I, I love the, your concept of you know helping those conversations to happen um this is exactly i think where i i I will try and and help uh but i truly believe that the first conversation that we need to have is is with ourselves um and this is very often a conversation that we forget and that we tend to kind of because of the amount of, sorry, about negative feelings that, that all this information brings to us, we tend to not want to, you know, really dig into that. And then we can be approaching conversations with others from a place where we're not good. We're not feeling okay. And then it's, it does a disservice to the whole conversation. I couldn't agree more, Sarah, but before we go too deep in the weeds here, I want to actually turn this back around on you because I'm curious, was there a tipping point or specific moment in your own climate journey, if you will, to bring it from, shall we say, an offhand conversation to a central point of focus in your life? Oh, um, that's a difficult one. Actually, the tipping point, if if I had to retrace my my journey to um to climate uh activism if we could say like say like that would be through health um um because as um as a mom of two small kids you know i just want to feed them something good and when you research it's like what you know what am i supposed to feed them okay so and you research, research, and that's when I realized that actually it was just purely health, soil health that was actually producing 
healthy food that was producing healthy bodies, just, just, just as easy as that. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, how do I make healthy soil happen? Okay, okay. I need to transform myself into a farmer. Thank God it didn't happen. And then I realized that actually, actually soil health is actually totally in line with, with planet health. And that's when, you know, when you establish the big picture and you say, okay, if you protect the soil, you actually protect the planet because not a lot of people understand that by actually uh, protecting the soil and making it healthy, you're actually sequestering lots of carbon. And that's actually way better than lots of other um, ways of, of, of acting for, for, for the climate. So when you think it's all good, it's all for the positive and when you realign that with your own health, it begin it it becomes personal, and that's really when it clicked. Because until then, it was oh yeah, the, you know the planet is going is going crazy, and you know oh yeah, at some point it's going to go really bad for me. But unless your house is on fire, or unless your house is under the sea, y- you probably you're still able to put that under the carpet. You know, it's still not personal. So really having, being able to link that to something that I was really passionate in my life, which is trying to do what's best for my own health and for my, my family's health. Then all of a sudden it started to make a lot of sense, a lot of sense. Spot on. Absolutely spot on soil matters. It truly does. And This is going to be a topic that comes up later this season for sure. But as you think of the plans you have lined up for the climate conversation, you're going to lead through the blog. Is it something you're going to want feedback on or are you just postulating for the readers to go and analyze and interpret on their own? Oh, I'd love for people to react to to any any post uh, we would be putting on the on the blog. I think this is really a great opportunity to start a conversation and to keep it flowing. So actually, you know, being a French person working and living in, in a New Zealand environment, uh, I'm actually craving for constructive criticism. <laughs> so, yeah, because, because the Kiwi people there, they, they're really so nice. That's really the main reason why I came to live in New Zealand. But one thing they're not good at is actually, you know, pinpointing your you know where you can be better what you could do better you know and so yeah uh, i'm really open to any kinds of feedback i would love to hear anything well there you go Uh, make sure you leave feedback when you read sarah's posts and sarah i can't tell you how excited i am to truly excited to have you join the team here at south of two degrees I think this is going to really open up another avenue to expand on the climate conversation beyond what we have here on the podcast. And I think it's going to be wonderful to see where where you guide us. I am too. And I'm really looking forward to sharing my own journey and my own doubts on my own path, you know, towards being more climate conscious or being a climate activist. I don't know how you would put it. And probably... Um, this will change over time. Anything to say to your new audience? I'd like to say to our readers, um, be ready to be shaken a little and be ready to feel uncomfortable and, and be excited about this because this is where you grow. Well, 
Thanks again, Sarah. And we'll definitely have you back on the show later in the season as it'll be fun to catch up and hear the journey you and your readers have been on. Thank you. It will be lovely. But hey, next time I'm going to be asking the questions. (laughs) I don't know about that, but Wow, folks, isn't she incredible? So make sure you pop over to the blog on southof2degrees.org. Sarah's first post should be up already. And as she said, please leave feedback. We love hearing from you, especially because then you can play a role in shaping the conversation you have over there with her. So don't just vent too much about me over there, huh? Okay, that said, I do know the show's running a little long today and know that our commitment is still to hit in that 15 to 18 minute time frame as we go forward through the year. However, we do want to dive into these interviews and we have more coming because as we launch into our second season, not only have we expanded the team, but we're also going to be mixing in a fair amount of interviews with the scientists behind the research that we discuss on the show every week. Now, I'm not going to name drop, but some of the scientists have been featured on television and some you may have never heard of. Some of them have published groundbreaking research from the site of Mount Everest, while others, well, they've been internationally recognized for the research of really plain and dirt. But anyway, it's going to be a great mix. And all of us here at South of Two Degrees are incredibly excited to bring it to you. But for now, That wraps up another episode of South of Two Degrees. I hope you are as excited about the coming season as we are. And please make sure you check out Sarah's first post over there on the blog at southoftwodegrees.org and welcome her to the team. As always, I look forward to having you back again with me next week. And aside from checking out all the latest information on the website, blog, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, do this for me. Tell one other person about this show in the next week. Have at least one conversation about climate change with someone else. And above all, keep it south of two degrees.